This is the KPMG Board Insights Podcast, and this episode is about takeaways from the 2021 proxy season. Welcome to the KPMG Board Insights Podcast, brought to you by the KPMG Board Leadership Center. The KPMG Board Insights Podcast series features conversations with directors, business leaders, and governance luminaries to explore the emerging issues and pressing challenges facing boards today. In this episode, Stephen Brown, Senior Advisor with the KPMG Board Leadership Center, talks with Pamela Marco-Gliese, a partner in Freshfield's New York office whose practice focuses on capital markets transactions and corporate governance matters, about the takeaways for boards from the 2021 proxy season. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Stephen Brown, a senior advisor in the KPMG Board Leadership Center, and in this episode, we'll discuss the 2021 proxy season, how can boards learn from shareholder trends, and we're joined with my favorite, Pamela Marcolesi, who's a partner in Freshfields and is a good friend and, and is also someone who is not new to this podcast. Her practice focuses on capital market transactions and corporate governance matters. She's an often sought-after speaker. Uh, an advisor, and Pam, we're so grateful for you to join us again. How are you? Very well, Stephen, and I'm so happy to be here. I always love doing this with you. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, this proxy season is a full 10 years after Dodd-Frank, if we think about the decade from 2010 to 2020, and it was one like no other. And if we just get your opinions about what happened or what did we see in this proxy season uh, and why this was something which uh, was pretty seminal we haven't experienced before. Completely agree. It was definitely one like no other. And I think one of the reasons it was particularly different is because um, we saw that context absolutely matters. And the context was in and of itself pretty interesting. We obviously had the pandemic going on. We've had all of the social unrest issues going on, and that has profoundly impacted societies and, frankly, companies. And shareholders have, in turn, reacted to all of that. And so what we saw during the proxy season in terms of how it played out is that the proposals that we've seen and the response to the proposals have absolutely reflected the times that we are in. Many of the proposals that were brought related to COVID-related issues or um, employee workforce-related issues and how they were impacted during the pandemic, certainly a lot of environmental issues, which really came to the fore and are taking on more and more prominence in the mind of investors. So we saw all of those. The other thing that we saw is that shareholders are increasingly willing to express their views through votes. We have seen a number of instances where shareholders have either withheld votes for directors or voted against directors, where they believe that there were some kind of uh, governance issues or issues with respect to E or S strategy. Um, and by E, I mean environmental, and S, I mean social. Now, I'll get back in a moment to what um, social means. Uh, we, and we've seen a number of instances where shareholders have just flat out voted in favor of actual proposals. And what's really different about that is is not the fact that they voted against directors or approved proposals, because that's certainly happened before, but it's the message that they're trying to send with, with respect to their vote. It used to be the case that shareholders would go through long periods of engagement with companies and they would engage year after year on some of these issues. And now many of them have expressly come forward to say, 
in instances where we think management's not doing a good job or where we think management could be doing a much better job or could be doing a faster job, we're just going to express that view with respect to our vote. It's We're going to keep engaging, but we're not just going to engage and we're going to vote in line with our beliefs. And so you're starting to see a lot of results that line up behind those those views. I appreciate that. And I particularly appreciate your, your phrase of context matters. And if I had uh, one theme for, for, for this proxy season, it is exactly that. Context matters. And with that, making the context matters, I thought we'd just go quickly through uh, E and the, the most prominent E, the most prominent S, uh, and the G proposals, uh, and then get to the takeaways, because I believe uh, good leadership is about picking up trends. People have reactions to what they see out there uh, in proxy season. Uh, I think the best reactions are practical and rational uh, and to get ahead of it. So, so with that said, if we start with the E, environmental, and what typically comes first to mind, it's climate. Uh, if we could talk a little bit about that, and then we could talk a little bit about some activism around this issue of ESG before we get to the S. Sure. So uh, on climate, we've seen a whole host of different proposals that have been brought forward. Many of them relate to greenhouse gas emissions and what the company's plans are for those. Others relate to the Paris Climate Accord and how companies are going to um, uh, line up their plans so they can we can all stay below two degrees Celsius increase. Others calling for reports from companies analyzing what the risks are with respect to climate change. So there's a whole host of them. And proxy season is still ongoing, so we don't have the full outcome of all of these votes. Many of the votes are still pending, but out of 10 or so that have been voted, three of them have been approved. Um, so that's 30%, so that's not an insignificant number. And the ones that have not been approved um, got support ranging between 16 and 30 or 40%. That's not insignificant approval numbers or support numbers, even though it's not a full passing vote. And so I think what it does or what it is saying is that shareholders are trying to send a message with these votes, again, because the context does matter. And as we know, with resubmission thresholds, proponents can keep resubmitting proposals that get a certain amount of support. Um, and the strategy of many proponents is that they propose them year after year, and with every passing year, there's more and more support for them, and then eventually they pass. So I think the takeaway from, from that trend, at least, is that to pay attention to it, not ignore it, and figure out whether or not there's something the company can do before it escalates into a full-blown approved proposal. And again, the way, the reason that shareholders are focused on this, which is also a difference we've seen this year, is that Many of the investors, and certainly BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, who in many cases own 30 or 40 percent of U.S. public companies, so their views really are pretty impactful when it comes to voting, have all put out guidance, very formal, explicit guidance, just underscoring how important a strategic imperative environmental issues can be for companies and how it really goes to the risk profile of the company. They're viewing this from a strategic lens as opposed to just a nice to have. So I think it's important to bear that in mind as companies think about these reactions that we're seeing to some of these proposals. Sure. And um, if we talk a little bit about the Exxon proxy fight this year, proxy fights are all about the G. Uh, and it's all about uh, uh, who gets to oversee uh, what's going on at the company, who's on the board. And certainly this was it and, and the activists won three seats. What do you think are the important takeaways from this proxy fight? 
I think that it's very much in line with what we were just discussing, which is that um, these issues, the environmental, climate-related issues, really can rise to the level of strategy, and investors can have different views on these strategic issues from companies. And this was a pretty uh, powerful action, I think, that the shareholders took in terms of voting for directors. This is different from supporting or not supporting a proposal, but this was a vote for directors. And so electing three directors in an ESG-related context, I think, is pretty significant. But that being said, it's also the, the situation is also a little bit bespoke to Exxon. And I don't think one of the things we should take away from this is that we'll see this replayed a million times over exactly in this way. But I think the underlying message that people should take away from this is that um, people should pay attention and where investors feel strongly about this and feel that it rises to a strategic imperative, they will vote in line with those views. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And if we can move to the S part and often we get questions about, we kind of know what's in the E environment, uh, but we, this social part, uh, it's sort of wide. We know S stands for social. And one of the biggest things in that segment of social is diversity, equity, inclusion. Can you walk us through what we saw this year in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, DEI related proposals? Yep. So here, this is one that's been going on for a while. And where we started was diversity at the board level from a gender perspective. That's where we started. And now we have moved far beyond that. And we have we now have a focus in these shareholder proposals on diversity at all levels of the organization. So that's the board, senior management, but throughout the workforce as well, because there's a recognition that unless you have a diverse pipeline, it's very hard to have a diverse management team or um, a diverse board. And the other thing that we've also moved um, from is just this focus on gender to a focus on racial and other diversity characteristics. And so what we saw was a number of proposals focused on getting their arms around data uh, with and composition of boards, understanding the process for recruiting management. There have been a number of Rooney Rule proposals. And for those of you who are less familiar, this idea of Rooney Rule is making sure that you have a diverse slate to consider before you make any kind of a hiring decision. It could be hiring manage, someone on the management team. It could be some of them relate to hiring people in the workforce, and some of them certainly relate to appointing members to the board. So there, it, a lot of it goes to really wanting to understand in much greater depth what is going on from a diversity perspective. And again, if you think about where we have been over the last 15 or 16 months, this is, again, a reflection of the times that we are in. Absolutely. And uh, if, if I can sum up the S part in looking at DEI, uh, it's part of the trend of investors really looking deeply at how the board oversees these issues, which we, from an accounting standpoint, uh, categorize as intangibles, employees, human capital management. And that's simply because over time, a good 80 to 90 percent of the valuation of our major companies is about the intangibles as opposed to their physical assets. Therefore, these questions come up. Uh, I appreciate that. So we covered the E, uh, the big parts of E, the big parts of S. Uh, how about the G, governance, which is a, was a good old favorite that we've been looking at for decades. Uh, if we could talk about what we saw this year. Right. So governance has been around for a while. Uh, and while the governance proposals are getting the least amount of attention, certainly the least amount of media attention, um, they still tend to be the most numerous proposals. And so this year, the governance proposals were the most numerous. 
um, they tend to focus on the typical ones that we've seen. There isn't really much new here. Um, about 80% of them are proposed by uh, gadfly type of investors. We saw a number of proposals asking for the separation of chairman and CEO role. And again, here when we talk about context matters, oftentimes these proposals also are trying to send a message. It's not necessarily only because some investors believe it's a better governance practice, but oftentimes there's an underlying message they're trying to send. So for example, in the past we have seen proposals that have been sent to pharma companies over perceived mishandling of opioid-related issues. And so again, it's not just separation of CEO and chairman. It's trying to send a message that there needed to be some kind of change at the board level to manage the oversight of some of these issues. The other ones that we see, we see year after year, are proposals relating to lowering the threshold for shareholders to call special meetings. So how, what percentage of the shareholder base would be required uh, to get together to ask the company to call a shareholder meeting on their behalf. Uh, shareholders continuously try to push this percentage lower and lower. And another one that is a, a typical mainstay of proxy season is uh, a proposal to act by written consent. So um, giving shareholders the ability to vote uh, by written consent as opposed to only being limited to voting at an actual meeting. Um, some of these do pass. They don't all pass, but they, they can pass. And so when you see these percolate, it's important to engage in outreach with the shareholders to understand how the shareholder base feels about these proposals uh, and, and making sure you take appropriate action. So as we wrap up here, from a board member, uh, and I've gotten the, the mantra, context matters. What should be my takeaway from this year's proxy season? Right. So I think the takeaways are, first, that context matters because it's a reflection of many things. It's a reflection of why of, of the fact that shareholders' views are changing, and those are, as I mentioned earlier, um, described in many of their written materials. It's a reflection that we've seen a lot of social unrest, and so employees have, have had their lives turned upside down over the last year and a half. It's a reflection of the fact that consumers also have views on packaging and plastics. And so from an environmental perspective, some of the spending behaviors are influenced by them. So what is happening in the world is totally related to what is happening in boardrooms and um, at shareholder meetings. The other thing that I would say is important for a board is to understand the trends. I think that what we are seeing is a rich amount of data that boards can be paying attention to to understand how exactly the mindset and the voting behaviors of investors is changing. Um, these proposals, as I mentioned, don't always get a passing vote, but I, I don't think it means that boards should just ignore them because, as I said, they can be proposed and reproposed and reproposed again, and oftentimes that is how you eventually get to a passing proposal. And then finally, the thing to remember is that these issues aren't being focused on by investors, certainly not by the main institutional investors because they believe they are nice to haves. The views as you read their materials and their shareholder letters and listen to them, the representatives talk and participate in shareholder engagement outreach is that they believe these are important strategy questions for companies and that there are real meaningful risks here that they believe companies should focus on. So from their perspective, they're focused on these issues because they believe they're material. Well, I appreciate that, Pam. To understand trends and keep them in context, those trends, and that shareholders are 
looking at strategic imperatives around the E, the S, and the G, and uh, you uh, ignore them at your own risk because uh, the only natural predator you have as a as a director is indeed a shareholder. The only only folks who have the vote. So, uh, Pam, thank you for your takeaways. Thank you for your for the information that you've given us. And, and again, I appreciate you coming on this podcast. And to our listening audience, uh, thank you for choosing us. We know that you have a choice, and you chose us. I'm appreciative of it. Be well. Thank you for listening to this episode of KPMG's Board Insights Podcast. Be sure to visit the Board Leadership Center website at kpmg.com slash us slash blc for more resources and information for board members and business leaders. And be sure to subscribe to the Board Insights Podcast to be notified of new episodes.